podcast. We are here as always. Uh, this week we are doing part two of the SLTD20, the SLTD10, if you will. That's what we're doing. Um, we've already done our 20 to 11, so this will be part two. So if you are just tuning in and you're like, what? Need another one? Then maybe watch, listen to that one before this one because. This one's going to be more interesting than the last one, we'll say. Um, I'm going to throw it around the table as always, and we will get into this craziness. Callum, are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Um, for people that listened to part one, uh, heard my disdain for Sami Zayn. Uh, wow, that wasn't supposed to rhyme. Thank <laughs> you. The disdain that I had in the placing of Sami Zayn, I had him as my number six, and yeah, I think everyone can guess where he's finished. Not, not at not number six. There he is. Look, Paul out his t-shirt. The great liberator Callum Owen supporting wow. the great liberator Sammy Zayn. Oh, I like that shirt. Um uh, yeah, I'm wrapping Sammy Zayn this morning. Um I don't have any other shirts underneath me, otherwise this podcast will be taken off the air. Um no one wants to see my horrible bare chest with Vicks on. <laughs> but no, I'm oh. doing <laughs> oh, Corgan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing okay. That's cool. Um, Adam, are you okay? Uh, yeah, T-shirt-wise, I've gone classic. I, I've got a new Eddie T-shirt. Oh, nice. got my I'm Your Pappy. Nice. You know, now in a smaller size because I can fit into it, although this bit, my you know, chest upwards looks like it fits and it's all nice. And then I look down at my gut and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's still a little bit tweet. <laughs> but <laughs> it is what it is. Um, I, on the I, way. I do want to say again. So you're on the way. So right. I'm on the way. Yeah, I'd be fine. I'd be fine. Oh, yeah. Um, on a bit of a serious note, I do want to mention. Um, we're recording this on the 30th of December, and the news came out yesterday of the passing of Curtis Chapman, Mad Kurt. Um, and we obviously send all our condolences to his family and his friends. Um, he was only 26. Yeah. Um. I've I'm I'm stopping myself from making assumptions as to what happened, and I'm not going to start casting aspersions. But if it is what I'm assuming, we can do better than this. Um, yeah. Far far too many people going far far too early. Um, and if you if you're struggling, if you're in the dark, speak up, speak to somebody, exactly. and we'll get through it. I think it's one of them where it's like it's sad that. The, as you say, you don't want to make assumptions, but when something happens to somebody that young, mm. the automatic like thought process is where your head goes. Even and, in wrestling as well. Well, yeah, that's it, yeah. And that's kind of like the sad thing about it. Um, and, yeah, you would... It's, I think it's, it's not worse in wrestling, but when somebody's in like the sort of the public eye and know it you would think they'd have somebody to reach out to or feel like they had someone to reach mm. out to or but then there's the other side of it where people say things and do things like online and think it's okay. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not again I'm not assuming anything but um whatever's happened and whatever went down, twenty six is too young man. Like that's that's not that's not good. Like ten years younger than me. Mm. Like, yeah, I turned twenty six in two months. 
So to see someone of that age passing away is just whatever circumstance is just horrible. Yeah, it is. It is super sad. Like, um, he's to be honest with you, he's not a wrestler I was really all that like well known with. Um, I knew his name. I hadn't really like seen much of him. Um, and I did a little YouTube. He was really good. Like, like he was proper top notch. Like, it is the power of it though, in that you you'd not seen him, but you knew of him. Oh know? yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think that's the thing. It's um, do you know how I knew who he was? Because he had a match with um Matt Cardona. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think it was GCW came over here. Yeah. Um, and that's why I knew his name, and he sort of like kept on my radar since then. As to like, oh, this is someone to watch. So I've seen little clips and that. Um, but yet that's it. It's kind of I think that's a lot of the thing with like the wrestling world is that there's so many wrestlers, but certain people like stick out mm-hmm. and anyway that, or even though you're not like seeing them live or whatever it is. Um yeah, he had like he looked like he had a good future. He was do you know what I mean? And I think that's the the saddest part, I suppose. But yeah, as you say, condolences to everybody. Um, well, let's uh, let's do this. Um, do you want to know? Uh, at twenty to eleven, should we go through? Yeah, go on then, because I I've still got my eighteen, and I think Callum's still got his eighteen as well, so they're still knocking around. Um, yes, <laughs> yeah, Callum's eighteen still in there, and yeah, you're eighteen and my fifteen. Okay. The um. They're the big numbers. Um, <clears throat> okay, so number twenty, uh, Adam Cole. Uh, joint nineteenth is Becky Lynch, Kenny Omega, and Kevin Owens. Eighteen is Julia Hart. Seventeen is Ilya Dragunov. Joint sixteen is FTR and Roman Reigns. Fifteen is John Moxley. Fourteen is EO Sky. Thirteen is Eddie Kingston. 12 is Sami Zayn and 11 is Blackpool Combat Club. There you go. Um, I wonder if if it had moved everybody up one if Mox was in the Blackpool Combat Club. Possibly. Because yeah. then in that case <clears throat> potentially Aussie Open. Yeah. Potentially Aussie Open and Samoa Joe would end up mm. in one because but you know one year one year we'll all do it right yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're doing it for another year what do I know uh, right number 10 uh, is my number 12 Callum's number 18 or oh, there's number 18 and Adam's number 8 Swear Strickland 8 He's had a fantastic year. I mean, I I do think a lot of it is coming towards the end of the year, so I'll grant you that. Um, However, it's it's too high. Um, 18. Come on. I'm going to try and use it, probably not for the next two hours or however long we're recording. Uh, This is my Sami Zayn defence. 
Am I right in saying, I mean, Ty is gone. You know, he's so disgusted at the thought of Swerve being number eight. He's done a runner. He's only gone and done a runner. Um, I was sneezing. Okay, that's all right. I've got tissues. Do you want me? I didn't want you being like, well, what it is, is it? And me go, what? Um, That's all right. Yeah, I I put Swerve at 18 because I just don't think he's, he's just coming to the year right at the back end. And there's a lot of names I've got higher, higher than him that have had better 12 months. And Swerve just feels he's had a good three or four months of the year. Okay. he's It is towards the end of the year. I'll, I'll grant you that, like I sort of say. Um, I, just, I feel like his presentation at the minute, they've got it right. They've got like him and the way that he's presented, his entrance and all that kind of stuff. He's a star. And next year... He's gonna be a he's gonna be a world champion in AEW. Yeah, I think so. I think he's at, at the very least gonna be um uh, international champion. Whichever one is the secondary title in AEW, <laughs> he's gonna have that one. Yeah, I definitely think he's gonna be that. I think um, he did a little um like backstage thing with him and MJF. Um the like two like two weeks ago or something like that, um, and yeah, it was kind of like oh, okay, this could work. This could definitely work. Like they've got like history together, and um, they were talking about road journeys and that, and he said about uh, Swerve said that um, talking about William Regal, and said you get um you get tryouts and I sign contracts. Talking about NXT, I assume, um. So yeah, so uh, I I like I do I do think I love Swerve. I have ages to be honest with you. I um, I was a Swerve fan when he was kill shot. To be fair, so um, you're always first. You're always trailblazer. <laughs> you were an MJF fan when he appeared on the Rosie O'Donnell show, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, way back when. Yeah. When he was called Max. Yeah. <laughs> I just know good wrestling. Uh, what can I say? Uh, so yeah, it, uh, the only thing I'm not really like—I don't know what—but the whole Mogul Empire thing just doesn't. It doesn't. That doesn't fit them right now. Like, I don't know, rocking it with Brian Cage and Gates of Agony, and that seems a bit weird to me. And I'm coming out being all like serious and doing this thing and Prince Nana doing the the Nana dance. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I, like I'm not against it. I just I'm just not sure. I just don't know. Know what I mean? Okay. It feels a bit off kilter, <laughs> but it's one of them things again where it's like like you've got the Mogul Embassy, whereas where it's got the triple. The CO's tag team mm-hmm. and Swerve, but they're not really together. Swerve's just doing his thing and they're just doing their thing. The only connection is really Nana. So I don't know, maybe that's working. Do you know what I mean? It's not like they're in each other's pockets and that. But yeah. Anyway, Swerve, there you go. Swerve, number 10. I mean, I did give him um, match of the year, like. Mm-hmm. But AEW. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Um, okay, number nine. 
my number 15, Callum's number 9, and Adam's number 11. Yeah, you so. I will say this. I actually put the Usos in. And hmm. we were, I was in work and Rich messaged me and was like, hey, so if some of these put uh, one half of a tag team and someone's put the tag team, just group them together. And I was like, yeah, I guess so, because that would make sense. And she was like, sounds, uh, the Usos are getting changed to Jay. And I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> So, <laughs> I mean, I, Jimmy's not had as good as a run on his own as Jay has. No, but I think that's the point, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You can't push them both to the moon because it's not going to work. Hmm. See, that, it's strange, though, because if you're going to have Jay versus Jimmy at Mania, surely you would want Jimmy to be looking as strong as Jay has. Yeah. Because Jimmy feels like the sort of uh, a little bit of a stooge really within the within the bloodline behind Roman and Solo so he doesn't he doesn't look as strong as he perhaps should do leading up to a match to the point where Jay versus Jimmy doesn't really feel as enticing as it perhaps would have done three four months ago whereas Gunter versus Jay at Mania based on the way Jay has been booked over since moving over to Raw it's far more tempting mm-hmm. than Jay versus Jimmy now. Solo versus Jay seems like the bigger match. Yeah. Um, then there's the other side of it where it's like Jay, Jay's gone off and done his thing and done well. And Jimmy, like, Jimmy needs the win. Needs it. Like, he's yeah. got Roman Reigns in his ear being like, you can't let your brother do this. You're the bloodline, blah, blah, blah. So Jimmy's. Pure desperation. That's Gunther versus Jay is a very interesting one to throw out there. Mm. I don't think it'll happen because I do think we're going to get Uso versus Uso. Yeah. They kind of like sort of manifested it themselves, haven't they? Yeah. I think that's the thing. But I don't know. Um, well, everything's going to be big. I've done my um, I've done my rumble bets and I've put some bets on Gunther, but the more I think about it, the more I just think it's not going to happen. Like WWE aren't going to do it because, like realistically, with his reign, they're not going to have him drop it before Mania. Surely, surely yeah. him and Reigns are now at the same point where if they're dropping titles, they're dropping them at Mania. So yeah, yeah, you can get a featured match out of Gunther. Being the IC champion at Mania, yeah. Um, even though I think him winning him winning the Rumble um, looked far more probable before Punk returned. It did. It did. Punk has scuppered everything. That bastard. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know. Um. So yeah. So you're you're oh well obviously you're in agreement because you both put Jay in rather than Jimmy. Yeah. 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 But yeah, Jay, I don't know, it's one of them. Like, I, I always st- still can't do them together because they were still a tag team for a lot of the year. You know what I mean? Like, they were still mm. together. They were a tag team champs at Mania. You know what I mean? So, like... Well... But yeah, Jay... Jay does feel the biggest star. I didn't think they'd do so well as a... as a singles guy either. I, I think sure. Jay had the sort of trial run during the pandemic, didn't he? Oh, yeah. 
Um, the one thing that confused me is there was a recent tag match. I think it was Orton and LA Knight versus Jimmy and Solo on SmackDown. And Jimmy and Solo came out to Solo's music. And I thought, oh, you're showing you're showing there who you think the biggest star is at that point. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Not uh, number eight, my number 14, Callum's number 13, Jesus Christ, Callum's number 13, and Adam's number six, Tony Storm, six. AEW Female of the Year. Six. According to us. <laughs> six. Yeah, yeah. Six. Right, so where was she on yours? Ty. 14. Callum? I'm lucky for Sam number 13. Yeah. Six is high. Six isn't high. Six isn't high. You know what, right? I like I like the whole Thomas Tony thing. Like um I like that she's she says what she wants and does what she wants and all that stuff and it's all good and it's it is clever, the black and white thing. But I think it's one of them gimmicks that could get stale very quick. And I think that's where it's like there's only a there's only a certain amount of life to it, to the timeless thing. Potentially, yeah, right. But she's always a solid worker. That's why people are sort of celebrating the fact that she's found this gimmick or this gimmick has worked because now she's getting the kudos that she should have always have got. But then. At that point, you need to look to someone like a Chris Jericho, who thankfully is on the same roster for a reinvention as and when she needs it. And realistically, just off the top of my head now, you can just follow Hollywood and Hollywood patterns in that right now she is the timeless Tony Storm. But if she starts getting a little bit fritzy towards the end, you then go into the sort of 60s and 70s, get rid of the Hayes code, here comes the exploitation movies, she gets a little bit more of an edge to her, all that kind of stuff. So there's a way to go with it. Definitely. Yeah, I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. She, she can miss an episode of Dynamite if we Tony Storm's day off. Yeah, eventually we'll get into the 90s and the sort of teen comedies and she'll be a plastic from Mean Girls. It'll be like, we'll, we'll just work through. We'll work through, yeah. <laughs> Come on, I'm gonna see what you say. I'm like, yeah, I can work with that. I get, I get what you like. I do like it, and like the like a little like quips and that that you keep saying. Like, she was on commentary a few weeks ago, or last last week, I think, and said the both uh, was sitting next to uh, Tony Giovanni and was like, well, when Sting's not here, you really haven't got anything to do, have you? <laughs> Which is always dead funny. And um, she said something to Taz as well, something like, um. I've heard you're a um, you're a really good landlord. They call you the human duplex machine. Um, <laughs> I, little things like that is like yeah. they're gonna go. They're little things that only certain people are gonna kind of get onto. But like, if they are like little like clever one liners, um, so yeah, I do get it, and I do, like I'm here for it. But I don't know. It just yeah, it just feels like. I feel I don't want to say, but I feel like they're gonna fumble it, and I know that's like the worst thing to say. Mm. But that's how I feel. Is that there's gonna be a thing where it's like oh, I just don't know. You know what I mean? So like I'm already thinking ahead to like all in and like what t shirt I might get to wear for all in. 
Yeah. And like I'm like my, I'm at the minute I'm Tony Storm. I'm on like a sort of let's do that. But... I will say this that we went to um no we go the lanterns mm. every year in um in Chester Zoo and everyone was getting a bit tired, like because it was a long day anyway. And then we added that to the night. And I asked um I asked Dia to to um, get everybody excited again. And get everybody to like get a bit of energy. And um, she was like, okay. She was like, everyone, 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 you gotta get some energy. And I was like, so everyone, chin up. So that was because I was like joking. Because every time she could, basically, what she does is she like she won't really watch wrestling, but when she wants to stay up, she'll say, Who's this? Who's this guy? I yeah. love this, this match. Um, and she knows every time I'm like, Yeah, okay. So she was watching Tony Storm, and I was like, Join Tony Storm's um catchphrase. And she was like, Yeah, so <laughs> um. And she was like, oh, my God, that's so funny. Um, and then she was like, I'm got tits, I've got nips. So she was like, <laughs> she was walking around the house shouting, chin up, nips out. Um, so, yeah, that was... I wonder why the counsellor comes around to knock on your door on regular basis. <laughs> hey, is that your, your daughter? Did she say that in primary school? What, what, why did she throw a shoe afterwards? Oh, um, God. It's terrible. But, yeah. <laughs> Quite funny. So, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Well, good. Um, here's where it gets interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go the other way around rather than mine to Adam's. So, <clears throat> break it down. Adam's number 18. Yeah, I wondered where he was going to be. <laughs> Adam's number seven. My number three. Oh, oh three. MJF. Wow. Wow. 18. Yeah, 18. 18? Yeah. Why 18? Well, watch it. Right, MJ. so... You've been waiting days to tell me this. Go on, watch it. 365 to be exact. On the periphery of... Like... I get into AEW and I, you know, and I get into it and I follow it for ages because there's something in it that I like. And every year it seems to be around about Forbidden Door time where I'm like, I'm really into this. I'm really into this. And then all the MJF stuff with Adam Cole, I just didn't find as funny as everybody else did. And then them headlining Wembley on the same show where they've headlined a kickoff show and won the tag titles. And it's like, it wasn't even the best match on the card. Every match that he has now has to have some sort of storyline implication to it in that something's not going to go right, whether that's an overdramatic ref bump or going back to something like, was it Full Gear, the last one? Where, yeah, that's the ambulance one. Yeah, where he has to get taken away in an ambulance and then he has to... An ambulance thing is proper ache, do you, Annie? Like, it, no, it, no, it really has because <clears throat> I look at it, right, and this is going to sound ridiculous because obviously at the time I was a fan of WWE, but I look at it and I think some of the shit that they're doing with MJF's title reign is so like 2005, 2006 WWE 
were right now 33 year old Adam Luxton can signpost every little thing that's happening, right? 15 year old Adam was like, oh, it's not as good as last week, but it's still good, isn't it? Right? But like, I look at the MJF run and it's, you know, he, he has a match and then he does, he does a lot of stupid shit that he doesn't usually do. Right, because he wants everyone to make out that he's a fantastic wrestler, and then he goes and has a press conference and cries at a press conference because he's injured. Whether he's playing people or not with that, I don't know. And then he's still carrying around ROH tag titles. Where at one point he needs Adam Cole to defend it with, and then another point he needs Samoa Joe, and then they've just lost it to Men in Masks. Like MJF right now is the reason why I am not watching AEW as religiously as I was because I cannot be asked with it because I don't get him. I don't think he's a good wrestler. I don't think like he's as great as everybody else says that he is. Um, he just comes out and you know, and he, he fundamentally to me, I think this is my biggest issue. He is a heel. He is a heel through and through. And the fact that you're trying to play him off as a baby face and the fact that he's coming out and he's doing all this sort of like shaking people's hands and doing all this, kind of, it, it just doesn't fit him. And I think I'd much sooner him have a massive, really long, dastardly heel run for an underdog baby face to take it off him rather than him just to lose it to somebody who, like, might, it might end up being Samoa Joe on the same day that we record this, right? But... If that happens, great. Joe's champion MJF's not. I'll start watching it again. But it's just... There's just something about him that I, I just don't get and I don't click with. And the fact that he is now the longest reigning AEW world champion is a piss take. So, yeah. Hi, Colt Cabana. He's the Miz, isn't he? Oh, it's just... The miss, like he's he's a bone heel, like and MJF. Here's the reason I put him so high, right? Because um, I wanted someone it from AEW right at the top, and the first person I thought of was MJF because he is the longest reigning champ. Like I do like his wrestling. Like, I do like his promos. Don't get me wrong. I feel like his promos are getting a bit... A bit CM Punky in the sense that every week needs to be something that no one's expecting or he needs to say something that is, like, <gasps> shocking or, like, it needs to make a little gif out of it. Like, which is the same thing with CM Punk. Like, as soon as everyone was like, oh, I dropped pipe bombs. Everything he, everything he said after that, he was, he had to be something controversial, something mad, something crazy, because he's dropped his pipe bomb. And I think MJF's getting kind of the same. And I do understand what you're saying, where it's like, every match has got to have something going on. Every match has got to have a lot of moving parts. Like, there isn't enough just one-on-one doing his thing. Like... No one getting involved, no one not happening, not on this, not on that. Um, the devil thing is a bit of a weird one because I don't think I genuinely don't think Tony Khan knows who is under the mask. <laughs> I, I I don't mean to interrupt <laughs> you, right? But this whole thing, I, I think it's boiling down to 
Tony Khan decisions that I'm taking more of an issue with, right? In that he has come out on Twitter and said, oh, we're going to reveal the devil at a certain point. And it's like, fucking, you shouldn't know who the devil is. You shouldn't be telling people that you actually know who it is and you're waiting for a point to reveal. Like, it's <laughs> stupid. It's it's so, I like, think. But then to tell you everything that you need to know about Tony Khan starts on MJF, he's a world champion with royalty-free music. Yeah. Like, at no point did anyone sort of go, oh, we need to give this guy a good theme or change his music or get him whatever. There's no sort of Adam Cole coming into, you know, it's all about the boom and all that kind of stuff. No one's playing Europe, the final countdown for him. He's coming up to royalty-free music. We could use that on the podcast right now and nothing would happen. Could we buy it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I, I guess. And what was that? Like, that, that yeah. I don't know. I think it's come out recently, talking to Tony Khan's um, thought process with stuff, is that he's been reading Cage Match um, to find out whether people like his booking or not, basically. So he's gone, so he's gone, the Continental Classic has been a hit. I know this because I was on Cage Match and it's got a high <laughs> It's like me on SmackDown versus Raw 2006. Oh, yeah, the, the, the Jericho Edge match got four stars. I'm going to make sure that that feud goes on for another two more weeks. I just love that Tony can't play GM mode that much that he thought, if I had enough money, I'd run my own race. <laughs> well, that's what he said on the media call. And the thing you were talking about, he said, um, when he got asked about the, the devil, he said... Um, yeah, we'll, we'll probably we'll probably reveal it at World's End, probably. Like, you don't I don't commit like, that. He's just he's got. I feel like he's got no backbone at all to him, right? To the point where, and and this is just going off on Tony Khan now, but like, if someone could say something to him, and he just goes, "All right, okay." And it's like, where's your, where's your intention? Where's the thing that you actually wanted to do? Stop folding to everybody else. Like, one of the is it Matt Jackson's wife, Dana yeah. Massey, who yeah. left recently. Apparently, her reason for leaving is because she didn't agree with the company's treatment of the young bucks over the whole brawl out thing. And it's like, how are you just willing to let people go? Like, Sean Spears has just gone. QT Marshall's gone. And it's like, you're just watching people leave because yeah. you're doing what you think is the right thing to do, which, like, MJF, overachiever, you know, as he is, like, he's got everything that he wants because he's he's basically bitched and moaned about it on a public forum and Tony Khan's gone, all right, okay, I'll, get, I'll give you what you want. Yeah. Or it's all the work. <laughs> and you're getting worked. Oh, who cares? No, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying it like. I'd love it. I'd, I would love it if his contract expires and he goes to WWE. I think he'll end up there. I don't think he will yet. It just, I, I just think, like, how much of a slap in the face is that for all the yeah. pissing and moaning that you've done? That as soon as you can, you're going to WWE. Mm. But I don't. I think people are getting mixed up that he's like, oh, he's already signed a contract, and then he says like, this shit means something to me, and like, um, like I believe in AEW, and I think he does, but I think he believes in every company that he works for. Like he's 
he's one hundred percent a company guy. As much as he doesn't think he is, he's that he's the guy who's like, okay, I will back this company because they are paying my wages. Like that's it. It doesn't matter who that company is. He will be a hundred percent for that company because that's who he is. Do you know what I mean? I like him. I'll be honest. I've liked him for years. Anyway, uh, before we move on to number six, um, who just thinks under the mask? Uh, Mick Jagger no. and Keith Richards. <laughs> for when this comes out three weeks after it's been revealed. Um, <laughs> at the Kyle O'Reilly. Do you think? Yeah. And? Isn't there going to be another one? Well, th- there's like 14 of them in there. Like oh, the, okay. the, the ones who won the tag titles are apparently... Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, so the kingdom. Yeah, Ring of Honor thing. Yeah, possibly. I don't... Matt Taven and and thingy and uh, even Mike as Bennett. I'm saying it, I don't care. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I think it's like cold. My, my head, my head is going. Why are you putting so much energy into this? You don't give a shit. Like <laughs> as we record this, Mass Singer's back tonight. I'm more bothered about that. <laughs> I'm more bothered about who's going to be Dippy Egg than who's going to be. <laughs> you should have a crossover. You should have, jo- have Jonathan Ross flown into New York or, or wherever Words End is, and he's just there uh, in the front row. Take it off. He's, oh, he's going to go. I, don't know. I think under the mask, it's Theresa May. <laughs> oh, that's the shout of the, of the podcast. Like, who's under the mask? I'm more worried about who's under the tippy egg. Like, <laughs> we're not beating that. We peaked there. Um, number six. Jesus, Callum, what are you playing out here? Um, my number six. <laughs> number six. Um, Callum's number 12. Oh, I know. Number five. Will Osprey. 12! Honestly, I thought about putting him higher. Like... I said to Adam on... I want to watch. Well, exactly. That's why he can't be in the top five. Um, <laughs> yeah, but when we were doing this, I said to Adam on Thursday that my number, my one to four have been pretty much set since October and then everything else has just been a mess. So in one of my drafts, Osprey was my number five pick. And then I thought, how much has he done completely inside AEW. I know he's beaten Omega and Jericho and won a few tag matches, but I think Osprey's year hasn't been as AEW-centric as it will be next year. So, you know, in 12 months' time, I would like to think Osprey will be in my top five. Um, so, yeah, that's my mad well, That makes sense, to be fair, because we are, like, we are very... I would like to broaden it, if, if we could, to... Um... Other promotions, but if time was no issue. Yeah, that's <laughs> always the issue. Is the time is the issue. Um, be like Osprey's one of them people who you kind of like you can squeak in because he's done stuff for AEW. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's the, he's a bit like Vikingo, like he hadn't signed the contract, but you can squeak him in because it's like, oh, but um, Osprey is like he's had the most five star matches. In in history, um, he's beat everybody. He's had the best year in wrestling, I would say. Is he about to do his last Wrestle Kingdom? 
Mm. I don't know because on the media scrum or whatever he said he signed. I don't know where that was. Was that also full gear? Was that, that was full, full gear, full? yeah. Yeah. So he came out of full gear and was like, yeah, honestly, I don't know how it worked out how to be still be in a contract and sign a new contract. I don't know how that's happened, that the people did that. Um and then he was like, um, basically you've allowed me to work the rest of my contract. New Japan have allowed him to work the rest of his contract because he was like, I'm not not working it. Um and then I can it as long as the relationship between AEW and New Japan still is together, he can work select dates. Right. So in yeah. in the same way that like Mox is in the same match as him, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Like him doing select dates, I assume Daniel Bryan. Brian Danielson, I should say. Yeah. He he can do select date, like he can sort of swap and change. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. So you can have people from um New Japan show up and like vice versa. Do you know what I mean? For hmm. big shows. But at the same time, it's one of them where if you had a working relationship with New Japan, I would be like anybody you want on my roster to work Wrestle Kingdom. You can have like if they are willing to do it and go to Japan and do it, then smash away. Like that would not bother me in the slightest. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like it's opening that person up to a new audience. Mm. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I would like to see a um more people from AEW in the G one. Mm. But yeah. Like an edge in the G1 would be edge in G1 would put more eyes on the G1. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Like if you had like edge on one side and like Brian on the other, that would be a that would be a big thing, like a big G1. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean you could send Brian over because it's going to be his last yeah. Well he said the captain's last year actively yeah. competing. But he wanted to do it last year and he was like, I understand. Why it didn't happen was because losing Brian Danielson on TV for like two months is a big mm. thing. Do you know what I mean? But he's still having there doing like pa- like promo packages and like talking about the G One and stuff like that. But yeah. I don't know how the way relationship works where it's like we're promoting your stuff, you're promoting our stuff. It doesn't really like correlate. But I don't know. And um, to be the real working with. Um, all Japan, yeah, because they've sent over Charlie Dempsey, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, Triple H is working hard to work with Stardom as well. So, it's all good. I, I like all that, I like crossovers. Mm-hmm. Um, number five, joint number five. This is um, the last. The last double digit entry of anyone's, obviously it's Adam's. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got my number seven, Callum's number eight, and Adam's number seven, Orange Cassidy, and my number eight, Callum's number four, oh, and number ten, Ugh. Uh, Cody Rhodes, adjoint number five. Number 10. Yeah, right. Well, well, let's do Cody first then. Right. So, 
I think first, not even first half of the year, like first quarter of the year, he would have been up there. He would have been one or two, winning the rumble, um, facing main, facing Lesnar in the, in the main event of Mania, you know. But then his feud with Lesnar felt like it was a we need something for this person to do because we've not put the title on him. So then that got us through the summer. Everything since then, where all of a sudden he's got the power to announce a draft pick going from SmackDown to Raw. He can just come up on SmackDown whenever he wants and announce certain things and do certain things. It's, it's, I feel like I'm waiting. I feel like I'm biding time. I feel like I'm waiting for him to re- revert back to where he should be, which will be him, number one contender again, and then ba- basically what he should have done this year. Yeah. So... Talk to me mm. next year about where he is because if he, I don't think he's going to win the Rumble. I think the Rumble is either going to end up being Punk or somebody else. Um, I think Cody's probably going to go through the chamber to, to get it that way just to avoid people going, oh, this is just the same as last year. But we end up in the same point anyway. He will finish his story at Mania, you know. I think if he, if he doesn't, it's a bloody piss take. Um, but then I think. He's not obviously he's not going to have as lengthy as a reign where at this time next year he's going to be champion. He's going to drop it, you know. Yeah. He's going to drop it to somebody who uh, it, it probably has been on the periphery for the longest time, but because Reigns has been there, like we, 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 we've been unable to see it. So I think main purely because his year petered out, that's why he was my number 10. He's my number eight, so I thought he'd be higher on mine. You know what I mean? Um, I think eight's probably about about fair, maybe a little bit higher. Yeah, four was too high. Yeah, I I did this back in like September October time. Um, I, I just think Cody has been sort of your traditional WWE babyface, similar in a way to Cena was in oh seven oh eight. Um. Um, but he hasn't had the fans turn on him yet, like Cena had done in, in that sort of era. Um, the Rumble win was obviously huge, should have won at Mania. The Lesnar um, trilogy I really enjoyed. Yeah, I enjoyed the match at Backlash. Um, Night of Champions was good. And then the, the SummerSlam match where sort of Lesnar at the end of the match gave him the respect. Sort of felt like a passing of the torch moment in a way. Um, I do agree that, you know, what Cody did the month after SummerSlam felt strange because wasn't he like he was on like the Grayson Waller effect for payback. Mm. So he didn't even have have a match. But then some of the matches him and Jay were having as a tag team were really exciting. So the the um the one that they had at Extreme Rules, um, which then led to the chaotic press conference afterwards, um was fun. And then kept Cody being sort of the, the focal point of War Games this year was a nice touch to have a Rhodes in in the main event and um yeah he, he was sort of the, the, the center of that story you know obviously the, the front of the, the poster which doesn't really matter but um yeah it, it it felt right for there to be a war games match and when Cody is fit he is the star of the war games match for, for years to come. Yeah, I think um I don't know, I think it's cozy. So like 
I think that was kind of me thought process. Cozy in it. So he's got to be in there. He's got to be in the top ten. Like, I think I do think like finishing the story. I would like him to do it through, um, through the chamber. Mm. I think like the rumble yeah. just seems a little bit. Thing. But then I don't want Punk winning the rumble because that's just so obvious. It's unreal. So, um, yeah, it's, it's tough think. to consider where else they might go with it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because if if we're, if we're assuming that it's Cody Reigns and it's Punk Rollins. Who else wins the rumble? Yeah, I mean, Punk Rollins doesn't need the title. But then I, I, I saw an interesting tweet the other day where it was like, "Yeah, Punk Rollins doesn't need the title, but the title needs Punk Rollins." Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. If, if Rollins were to drop, and we're recording this uh, two days before day one. If Rollins were to drop it to Drew in a few days' time, and Drew to be, were to be champion for Mania. Punk Rollins will still feel a bigger match. Yeah. It it will be the it will be the the equivalent to Cena Rock at WrestleMania 28 and the Punk Jericho at WrestleMania 28. It just opens where... everything up, doesn't it? It just yeah yeah. Well, they did this a few years ago. If you remember when we were like, oh yeah, we're predicting this, we're predicting that, and then all of a sudden Bobby Lashley won the world title, and it was just yeah. like, like, like I, it's it's gone through my head of. Priest being the X factor in this, yeah. in that it might it'll be, it'll be obvious as soon as it happens as to signpost as to where we're going for Mania. But if Rollins went into the Rumble and dumped Punk out to stop Punk from winning, which then carries the story on, yeah. But then Punk batters Rollins on a Raw for then Priest to cash in, but Finn's won the Rumble. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. I think Damien could cash in on like Cody at Mania. So Cody finishes the story, beats Rose. Can you imagine? And then Priest walks in down the story. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, wait, wait, why is Dirty Dom out here? <laughs> All of a sudden, you get a, a pump handle slam from Rhea Ripley yeah. and that's that. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, Block the camera angle so that you, you don't even see her happy. Yeah, just see yeah. it being lifted up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a... <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, Orange Cassidy. I mean, I couldn't not put Cassidy in. He's had a stellar year. He has. He um, has. Defending that bloody title left, right and centre, you know. It was a shame it went down the way it did. When he when it is the rain ended, yeah, it went down the way it did where Mox won it, but then his first defense, I think, he got, got sat on, yeah, <laughs> got concussed, and he called he called an audible to be like this isn't right, so he lost it, and then um, Orange Cassidy won it back, and it just hasn't felt the same. Yeah, yeah, just hasn't really felt the same. But yeah, they made that. International title mean more than the TNT title, which granted isn't a lot, it isn't hard, but at the same time, it's pretty impressive. It's a pretty impressive thing to do. Do you know what I mean? To make a title mean more, like it's very rare people can do that. Let's be honest. Um, and he made that title mean something to the point where it wasn't out of place for Mox to be fighting for it. Yeah. 
which is in itself mental. But you know, um, I think we all well, he's number five, but we all kind of like sevens and eights and that. So that's yeah. probably like that's probably like the most average that we've got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, my my, got... my top four are still in and still together. Yeah, one of my top four is gone. Yeah, so all these ones, the next four are all in our top five. We'll see. But none of them are unanimous. None of them are unanimous. Um, number four. My number five. Calm's number five. Adam's number four. Christian Cage. Hey. That's more like it. All he had to do is <laughs> all he had to do is turn heel. That was it. I'm telling you. <laughs> That's where more of the dads are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, beating Kenny Omega wasn't good enough. Nope. He had to say. No, no, no. Never mind the fact that he was uh what did what did he do? He main evented a WWE pay-per-view, a TNA pay-per-view, and an AEW pay-per-view all in the same year. Yeah. And he didn't get he didn't get on the list. He didn't get in the top ten. Nope. But now but that he's been around to everyone in the turtleneck and going, I'm your daddy. Yeah. <laughs> he's in. What he had to do was uh, he had to turn heel and then turn Nick Wade heel as well and then bang his mum and tell him, hey, I've banged your mum. Hey, in Nick Wayne's mum has got it going on. That's what he was doing. <laughs> yeah, Paraphrasing. Um, that one is the way. Basically, was like, yeah, yeah, I won the TNT, uh, I defended the TNT title, and I scored in more than one way that night. Hey, <laughs> nudging Nick Wade, like his mum standing right there, and he was like, yeah, I banged your mum. Call <laughs> yeah. me dad. <laughs> so yeah, mad, madness. Well, yeah, he's 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 had an amazing year. I'll be honest, like what a guy. What a bloody guy. Um, he's wrestling in a turtleneck. He's, <laughs> he's just ridiculous. <laughs> Sleeveless turtleneck. Like, who's that for? <laughs> my uh, next one, but my arms are cold. Renamed, um, renamed Luchasaurus as well. Kill Switch. Weird. And then the very next promo forgets that his name is Kill Switch. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so me and Luchasaurus, I mean, kill switch. Like, <laughs> mad. So, yeah, he's, the, I like, he's up there, isn't he? He's the best TNT champ in a long time. I'll be yeah. honest. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's doing some good work, I'll be honest. Like, I think even Edge saying that, like, Edge, there you go. Adam Copeland saying that, um, <laughs> he wants to face that he's, this is Christian without, like, having to say, with no constraints, yeah, like, says a lot. Feels a lot like his TNA bro. Know what I mean? Where he just yeah. does what he wants and says what he wants, and it's like in WWE they didn't really feel him, they didn't really get him. And I think in TNA it was like, okay, you do your thing, and the same in here. It's like, like TNA had a bit of an edge to him. They brought him back to WWE, and he's Captain Charisma again, and he's doing this looking at <laughs> fans in the crowd, yeah. and that's you know that's about it. But wearing spangly sashes and that, like yeah. But yeah, I think this is yeah, this is sounds like I love all this, like what he's doing. It's mad that like what's insane is, and it says a lot about them, I suppose, and the way they're doing it. But could you imagine like Christian coming back to, to WWE 
going back to doing what he's doing, feuding with Edge, and I've heard them feuding over the US title. They'd be like, huh. what? Yeah. Why? Why are they doing But this is essentially what they're doing. Like, oh, I want the US title. Oh, like, why? Why? Why do you want that? Do you know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't make any sense, but that's essentially... Do you reckon on the day that we record this that Adam Cockburn's beating him? Uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think it'll be a it'll be in a hell of a match. Like that's what I think. Um, I'm not really sold on the whole Nick Wade thing. Like he's just I don't know. He is good, but Zach Gal with two legs, isn't he? That's all he is. <laughs> Like, that's all I think every time I see him. That guy with two legs. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. Through that, with it. Now I've said it, you're like, yeah. oh, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> In our top three, all our top three, well, except mine, to be fair. Oh. Oh. oh, I was gonna say our top three, all of our top three are in our hey. top three. No, sorry, this is the on. Have a shot. Have a shot. Um, my number four, Callum's number three. Adam's number three. Oh, shut up, Gunther. Darling, get Four Gunther, our WWE male of the year. Gunther, yes. One below ties man of the year. Come on. One below MJF, yeah. Four. <laughs> Four. Yeah. Absolute piss tape, man. The work wow. rate of the guy, right? No, he's got like he's good the like is that he's had. Yeah, I get it. Like I understand. I get what you're saying, but force likes like up there. Force good. Yeah, but two would have been better. Two. 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 Jesus Christ. You're... Uh, no. Nah. Two's too high. I, I, I just... I feel like my number one isn't going to be number one, so... Uh, doom and gloom again. <laughs> so you think your number one's going to be number two? Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll find out. Well, I'll say this. Someone's number one is number two. <laughs> I hope it's Callum's. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks a bunch, Adam. You always do well on these, Callum. Yeah. Someone's number one is number two, and two people's number one is number one. Okay. I, mean, I, I feel you're talking about me doing well. I think I've been shafted a bit with the Sami Zayn pick, but that was in part one. This is now talking about Gunter. Okay. Um, good, good, like, I, like, I, like, he's been sound. This is his best year, yes. doubt, but he's not number two. He is number no. two. I, I think it, it's been a strange, you know, time on the main roster because I think we, we were worried about Gunter under Vince. Under Vince booking him, we were worried that he would be wearing a lederhose in a few months yeah. and um, singing Edelweiss from Sound of Music under Vince's booking. That's just the way it probably would have been. Um, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and even and even the Gunter name, like we were like thinking, why are you naming this wrestler after the coffee shop owner in Friends? Yeah, um, although although Walter isn't much better because that's a name from a Beano comic or a character from the Beano comic, and 
yeah, if, if I said to him, hey, walk to the softy, yeah, I would have a lot of red marks on my chest. So the Gunter name probably is far better than Walter. I'd um, say Walter. Really? Walter. Yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah. I, someone said this. If, if it had been the other way around and that he was Gunther and then changed it to Walter, everyone still would have kicked off. Yeah. yeah. So. To be honest with you, yeah, right. I think the fact, not to cut your points off, sorry, Callum, but I think it's the right. fact that he's comp- he looks completely different, he wrestles different. Like Walter, like he, him himself, uh, um, uh, Chris Van Vance. Van Vliet. Van Vliet. Um, Most self intelligent like, interviewer ever, but carry on. He was like, what's the difference between Gunther and Walter? And he was like, um, about £55. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, even he gets it. It's two different wrestlers, you know what I mean? Go on, Callum, sorry. Go on. No, that's okay. You look at the year that he's actually had starting off, was it one or two in the Rumble? No, number one, because he, he was one, Sheamus was two. And he lasted right until the end of the match. And then you had the triple threat at Mania. Like you, you can go through like the year. If you had the top ten WWE matches of the year, Gunter would be in most of them. Um, so perhaps number three is even is too low from from my angle. But the matches that he's had and the, the characters that he's also been able to put over on in the way, like I wouldn't have told you twelve months ago that Chad Gable would be having a main event match in Raw for the IC title, and. I would believe that Chad Gable could beat Gunter, but that's the level of the match that they had, and that's the level of competitor that Gunter has been over the past 12 months. His reign has been better than Roman's reign over the last 12 months, obviously. Um, and he's brought credibility back to, the, to a title that, in my lifetime, has never really felt that important. So that just shows that the... the level that he has hit over the last year and hopefully he becomes world champion in 2024 and can continue to hit hit new levels I I hope more so than Gunther being world champion everything to do with that I hope they continue to make the IC title important mm-hmm. like I think that's I think it's one of them where um, we should treat the, the titles like like superstars in a sense. Mm. It's like, okay, what are they doing? What is this doing next? What is like, it's one of them where it's like you've got to keep it important, worthwhile. Whoever beats them, I don't want it to be somebody who's like subpar or becomes like it, be, it becomes a secondary prop to a storyline. Do you know what I mean? That's what I hate. I hate that. It's like just. Don't do that with the title because it takes years to get back to some sort of credibility. Do you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, two still high for Gunther, either way. You know. Um my number two. Adam's number three. Hey. Callum's number one. Hey. He's second again. <laughs> Always the bridesmaid, never the bride for Seth, innit? Aye. Not in my heart. Seth, Seth, was he not number one last year? No, I think he, Roman was last year. Oh. Roman was number one. He was number two. Yeah. Wow. There we go. 
the Boulderton screw job. Yeah. Um, he's had a good year, hasn't he? Uh, yeah. He's had a bloody good year. Tell you what. I didn't think he could take as long as this year, to be fair. I mean, I, I said this when we every time we did our buddy reactions predictions that he should have lost <laughs> it to Finn and then he should have lost it to Nakamura. Um, and then I, I thought he was going to lose it to Drew. <laughs> you know, I think he might lose it on day one, you know. Like, mm. I think he might, I'll be honest. But yeah. I don't know. Like, I just the, it, this is just happening now. This is firing on our cylinders. He loses it to Drew, yeah. yeah, and then Punk has a promo with Rollins like the week after or something. And Punk goes, "Well, I'm still in the Rumble. I still want the title. Just I don't have to take it from you." And then like <laughs> Seth's like gets gets his back up and he's like, "You don't walk past me. You don't bypass me." Maybe, maybe. I think. Seth is like coming to his own with the gimmick and um and everything like with this year's kind of being his like crowning year of he needs to bail a freaking I know that's that's annoying but um yeah I think if it wasn't for who I put as number one which I think we can all guess um he probably would have been number one this year I think. Like, well, you know, um, set, uh, why number one, Callum? Um, <laughs> uh, obviously, it's just Seth, isn't it? It's just Seth. Um, <laughs> no, it's you, you, you think, Seth. yeah, Punk won Rollins too. I've already marked down. Um, whatever happens, they may get like into a fist fight in at the Royal Rumble and never to be seen again, but they'll still be my one and two. Um, but you look at the, the, the chamber match that he had at the start of the year for the US title. Um was what one of my favourite matches of the year, one of the best chamber matches of all of all time. Um having a match against Logan at Mania, um just a really strong match. Um and, and then winning the title at Night of Champions. I'm gonna skip over the match against Omos at Backlash because <sighs> I was sat there about 10 a.m. in the morning. Oh god, I really hope you don't lose to Omos, Seth. And th- this will be a horrible way to, to continue my holiday if you lose to this guy. Um but he, he has been the world champion that Roman hasn't over the last 12 months. And he has defended it on Raw, on pay-per-views, on on house shows. And he has brought prestige back to the world world championship, and I sort of do agree. He probably should have lost it to Finn, or or to Drew, uh, but it it's Seth. You know, it's, it's the thing. You can have him as the champion, and he doesn't have to be like the featured part of Raw. And I think that's what I've enjoyed about Raw the most this year. You, if you look at my top four, in fact, if you look at the top five or six of our list, there is no one there who is a SmackDown superstar, is solely a SmackDown superstar. And I think that shows the strength of Raw. And Raw this year has been built on the backs of groups of baby faces and groups of heels who who have all had an incredible year. And one of those faces has been Seth Rollins. And I feel he has carried Raw on the back, back of his shoulders for the past four or five years. Um, and this year he has been joined by other names, but he has still been 
the big star on that show. So, yeah, that's probably why he's my number one. But honestly, this year, there's been so many great names in WWE that could have been number one. And it's four or five great names that have beaten him this year, not just the one. I, yeah, I think the like, the only had there, it's like, I think it shows the power of Raw over SmackDown, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I think, well, yeah, right. So, our number one is my number one. Um, Callum's number two and Adam's number one collectively Judgment Day which I will say straight off I put these as a group under duress like I wasn't I wasn't sold on the idea of having these as a group because my number one I wanted to have as Daisy Dom but I mean if we'd split them up Dom wouldn't have been my number one who would be your number one if we'd split them up, yeah, probably Rollins. Oh, for goodness' sake! <laughs> <laughs> no, wouldn't it have been Gunter because you had Gunter at ten. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Then yeah. I mean, my I don't know how I would have done it to be honest. But maybe it wouldn't have been Tom. But as a collective, like they've been unreal. They've like, been everywhere. Yeah, absolutely unreal. Like, it's just, they've literally taken over and in the best way. But then to the point of, they've taken over, but it's not a sort of oversaturated thing. It's not yeah, something yeah. where people are now sick of them. It's They're actually putting the work rate right in as well. Because if you look at the amount of like house shows that they're doing, like just from an outsider's point of view and seeing Instagram posts, it looks like they spent Christmas together because they were all on the Boxing Day MSG show, whereas usually I think Finn would go to back to Ireland for Christmas and all that kind of stuff. Like they were on the the European tour earlier in the year that I went to the Manchester show for. They were all over that, you know. And it's like Rhea and Dom have just been in Australia to do promo for Elimination Chamber. It's they have they've clicked fundamentally this year. And I yeah. think at the start of the year, if you would have said to me, where a judgment day going to be in your SLTD 20, I wouldn't have said, I probably wouldn't have even said top 10. But no. this year, it's all just clicked. It's all just worked. You know, yeah. and power to the B that is JD McDonough for being number one on the SLTD 20. <laughs> uh, I think I said this to Colm the other day. It's like when Lars Sullivan got a five-star match from Meltzer just because he was in the ladder match. Yeah, <laughs> JD McDonald's at number one. Forget he's even in there. I'll be honest. Well, our truth, our truth as well. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think it's one of them where the whole edge leaving the thing. I think it was like, yeah, we're doomed here. We're proper doomed. And they've gone. Oh, hang on. Just give us a bit of time. Yeah. And they've just like knocked out the park every single time like and they've all got their own little nuances as well like their own like relationships with each other that is quite interesting like you don't really get that <clears throat> um, I don't really know a faction where like like Rhea and um, Priest have a different relationship to Rhea and Dom you know what I mean and it's like Rhea and Dom are like 
the sort of power couple and um they're sort of like the the tag team and then you've got JD McDonald doing his thing, whatever he's doing. Um but yeah it's just it's proper like it's never a bad thing when they come out and it's always a good time. It's always like a good promo. They're like heels that you love to hate. Do you know what I mean? Um and as I say they're all doing stellar work. And I think Rhea Ripley being at the top is makes sense. Mm-hmm. And he's always on top, apparently. That's what she says. Um, Dirty Dom is one of my favourite wrestlers, without a doubt. Like, as being since SummerSlam 2020, just saying. Whatever. Oh, at least he didn't say, like, SummerSlam... 05. 2005. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was somebody posted um what's the face? Somebody posted saying that uh, I was today years old when I found out that um they, that Dirty Dom was an absolute menace in um in Lucha Underground as well. <laughs> and he had a little clip of him like Oh he, he was stopping was it yeah. um Morrison? Yeah, Johnny Mundo stopping Johnny him Mundo. from uh, Knocking thingy out, knocking Ray out. Like, <laughs> absolute menace back then. Um, so yeah, just all of them had like have like absolutely killed it. And the fact that Priest is potentially gonna be a world champ is gonna add even more to it. But will unfortunately probably be the demise of the whole thing mm-hmm. in being world champ. But but when that long may continue until that happens, do you know what I mean? Um, I just hope that they don't do him winning the world title and then six months later we're still seeing him versus Finn. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Was, you know, it was just like, oh, come on. So, but yeah, there's no, I feel like there was nobody else that even touched the top. Like yeah. when I was writing the list, I started with Judgment Day. And even if I would have broke them up, Potentially, someone in Judgment Day would have been number one anyway. Do you know what I mean? Rhea, mm. to be fair, probably. would have been really high. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Rhea or Dom would have probably been number one. Oh probably. I mean, Dom. All joking aside, Dom for me has been the breakout star of the year. Yeah. To think when he joined Judgment Day after kicking Edge and the Nads at the Clash of the Castle, twenty twenty two. I was like, why on earth are they doing this? What what good does Dom have it being in Judgment Day? And then you, you fast forward 15 months and he's finishing number one as part of the Judgment Day in the most prestigious top 20 awards of the year. Um, but he had this WrestleMania match against Ray that felt like one of the biggest matches of, of this year. Yeah, from, from the WrestleMania PLE, however you want to call it. And you think of like the whole thing that him and Rio have done over like the last 12, 15 months, the, the stuff that they were doing last year with Thanksgiving and at Christmas and the character that he has been able to build. Hopefully, once Judgment Day split next year or whenever they split, he has got enough of a of a fan base and enough of a character to continue as a single star and not not be someone who's, who breaks up from a group and you think, well... What can he do? Yeah. You, you look at the stats, and I'm not necessarily like a stats person of how many matches so-and-so has had this year. But, I mean, Dominic has been everywhere. 
Yeah, he, there he's was worked. something that came up on Twitter before that apparently he's had a hundred percent more matches than he did last year. Yeah, like he's wrestled Raw, SmackDown, NXT. You know, anywhere where he can go, he has been working under the WWE umbrella. Well, and... he's in way in the same week where a Raw, a SmackDown, and an Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and a PLE. Yeah. So yeah. It, it shows that he's like he's everywhere. But also, he's been able to keep fit as well. Like, when you think of performers who are doing that on a regular schedule, you think, oh, at some point, they're going to going to pick up a knock. Like, his dad this, couldn't do it. His, yeah, deadbeat dad, very mysterious, <laughs> sat at home. He's doing nothing. Um, but all of Judgment Day, I know Rhea's had her time away from the ring, but all of Judgment Day have kept that constant presence on Raw. And I think that's the strength of, of a faction, but also the strength of this faction is that they've been all over Raw, really, throughout the year. But it picked up steam after Edge beat Balor at, at Mania. And then Balor was like, yeah, that doesn't really matter. I'm going to go after Rollins. And all of a sudden, that they took over the reins of uh, other names like Brock being the main heel on that show. And they've just carried Raw from a heel base for eight, nine months. And yeah, we've had a lot of six man tags with Judgment Day versus Cody, Sammy, KO and and everyone else but it doesn't feel stale and uh, that's, a, uh, that's a big thing for me especially with heels, heels can go out of fashion very quickly um, but they, they've just been a, a joy to watch all of them and they've made me care about people like JD McDonough that I didn't really think I would care about at all but when he was RKO'd by Orton I was like that's cool. That is his moment. That is yeah. his purpose in the group. And everyone has that that role. And like you talk about like the individual stories between them within the group. Like was it Rhea and Priest that were having an argument and Raw? And like in the background, you just saw Finn and Finn and JD's face like light up and like look at each other and grin away. And you know that they are so interchangeable to where like Finn was fighting for the world title, Damien's the money in the bank briefcase holder. And now they've sort of switched roles. And that's such a unique thing to have. And they just, I, I really fear that they would have been split up by now because that's just like the WWE trope of like, hey, I don't really like you. So yeah. we're splitting up. But we've had like almost two, is it two years now? Like when you think about the Edge stuff, it's almost been two years of Judgment Day. And they're stronger now than they were two years ago. And that's a great thing to to admit that that they're doing that. Yeah, like as I say, it's one of them where you like the argument would have been the way it was, because I was like the kind of floundering a little bit because they're just a tag team and it's not really working. And then they brought Dom in, and then Rhea started like stepping into it a bit more, and um, it just it just worked. Like I really don't think they were like. I think it wasn't destined to work because of the whole edge thing. And then when that kind of like died on its ass, I, I, I genuinely believe that they were like, well, you haven't got anything else for us. So just let us do this and let us play it out and let us see what we can do. And it worked. Like, like you can't argue that it worked because the number one, and I can't see anybody arguing the fact that they are number one. Do you know what I mean? So, um, 
Well done to Judgment Day. All right. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Um, so that was our 20. I'll, um, I'll, I'll run it down and, um, and then we're done, I think. Yeah. So, number 20. I mean, we never have... A, I've realised that we never have 20 in our 20. We've always got, like... Who, who needs that? <laughs> way more, yeah. telling you. Um, right, 20. Adam Cole. 19. Becky Lynch. Kenny Omega. Kevin Owens. 18. Julia Hart. 17. Ilya Dragunov. 16. FTR and Roman Reigns. 15. John Moxley. 14. EO Sky. 13. Eddie Kingston. 12. Sami Zayn. 11. Blackpool Combat Club. 10. Swerve Strickland. 9. Jey Uso. 8. Tony Storm. 7. MJF. 6. Will Ospreay. 5. Cody Rhodes and Orange Cassidy. 4. Christian Cage. 3. Gunther. 2. Seth Rollins. 1. Judgment Day. It's a pretty good list. Good list. Mm. We've like, there's a lot of time and effort going into that. I like that. You know what I mean? It's impressive. Well done, guys. Well done. Mm. You did good there. Um, no. Any... What? So did you. Oh, thanks. And also Rach for... And Rach for compiling list. Rach always, always does good. Any super bold predictions for 2024 before we drop this episode? Will Osprey will be top three of SLT 20 next year. Okay. Okay. Cal. Oh dear, this isn't good. I, I, I'm usually quite good with my predictions. Um, I mean, I predicted ten years ago that CM Punk would have returned to WWE. Yes. yes um. Yes. So let let's stick on that on that fact on that matter. CM Punk will not finish in the top five of our SLTD twenty. Ooh. Men, because you two are very very low down. <laughs> Depends what he does. Uh, I think. Ooh, I think next year. Ooh, I think Cody will be quite high next year. I think. Ooh, I think Reigns will be non-existent next year. Um, and I would be shocked if the BCC and Judgment Day are a collective. That's what I'll say. Feels like Barton Millhouse rolling like that lucky dice, doesn't it? Yeah. Will Judgment Day still be a faction at the end of the week? Yeah. Not likely. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> also, I think it'd be dead funny if um, Cody Rhodes' contract expired and AEW got back. That'd be <laughs> Imagine that. Going back, hey, boo. <laughs> That'd be well funny, wouldn't it? You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that's what I think. That's what I think. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything else. That's like super, super duper bold. Do you think Punk will wrestle Austin? No. No. Nice. Okay, so who <laughs> do you think the uh, day one? Former champions. 
Well, people will know by now. Uh, people will know by now. I reckon it'll be Batista. Okay. Living costume. I think Uncle Dave. My mate Dave. Yeah. Text him on it. It's up in New Year, so I'll text him on it. My mate Dave. All right, my mate Dave. I might do. It's a face time back off from this. It's a different one, man. He'll be walking alone on his way to San Diego, though. Yeah. <laughs> walking alone. That's funny. <laughs> right. Um, as always, stay safe. Stay entertained. And watch the wrestling you want to watch. Um, unless you haven't got any wrestling to watch. And then watch some Judgment Day stuff, because they are great. Watch the Masked Singer, see who Dippy Egg is. Yeah. <laughs> see Carla <laughs> Riley perform on the Masked Singer. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Whilst, whilst yeah. Theresa May super kicks MJF. I'd love, yeah. I'd love for one of them just to be a wrestler at some point. Like, can you imagine Will Ospreay? Yeah, the host done it, Annie. Yeah, I mean, you can tell Jericho's about from a mile <laughs> off, but I mean, on our version, on the UK oh, right. version, if it was just, if it was a wrestler, like, yeah. I mean, it's on ITV. Could be, no, yeah. you know, it's Tony Khan. <laughs> Yo, yeah, Tony oh. Khan. <laughs> he's got time for that. Tony Khan. Oh, to be idiots sometimes when I watch the American one. And like they take the mask off, and it's like, ah, oh. who the hell's that? <laughs> Who's that? When it's someone like political, and they're like, ah, oh. it's that. like a, the first season of the UK one. The first guy that was unmasked was the um, was Alan Johnson, who's an MP. Yeah, and like he took his mask off. And Joel <laughs> Domit said in an interview, where he said, "Someone in my ear had to tell me who it was because I didn't know who it was." <laughs> I was like, um, oh, Dwayne Johnson. No, Alan Johnson. Not a clue. Right. Um, yeah, we'll catch you again in the new... Well, this will be in the new year, but we'll catch you with new episodes in the new year. And um, happy new year. Uh, thanks for listening. And we'll be back. Bye. Bye.